Well, we're here again for another great week of studying out of the Word of God. This one's going to be a little bit tougher. Thanks for joining me today. This is Ray Martinez. We're going to be talking about when is the rapture? I want to know the day. I want to know the time so I can be ready. Well, unfortunately, we don't get that much detail, but there's a good hint of what is happening. The timing of the rapture in relation to the tribulation is probably one of the most controversial issues in the church today. The three primary views are, there's the pre-tribulation, that's the rapture occurs before the tribulation. Then there's what they call the mid-tribulation, that's the rapture occurs at a near the midpoint of the tribulation period, which is that seven years, and we'll talk more about that. And then there's the post-tribulation, the rapture occurs at the end of the tribulation. There's even a fourth view commonly known as the pre-wrath is a slight modification of the mid-tribulation position. Now, we're going to take our scripture from 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, which I think is important for us to read together. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve the like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still alive or still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now, I think that's interesting that it says we're going to hear this trumpet and that the Lord's going to have a shout with the archangel and this trumpet's going to be blown. So there must be a little bit of time for us to enjoy this or see this spectacular wonder of this horn and the voice of the Lord happening. So I don't think it's just going to all of a sudden we're going to be walking, all of a sudden we're just bloop, we're out of here. I think there's a little bit more to it. First, it's important to recognize that the purpose of the tribulation, according to Daniel 9.27, there's a 70th seven or seven years that is still yet to come. Daniel's entire prophecy of the 77s is in Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 through 27. It's really speaking of the nation of Israel. It is a time period in which God focuses his attention, especially on Israel. The 70th seven, the tribulation, must also be a time when God deals specifically with Israel. While this does not necessarily indicate that the church could not also be present, it does bring into question why the church would need to be on the earth during that time. The primary scripture passage on the rapture is 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. It states that all living believers, along with all believers who have died, will meet the Lord Jesus in the air and will be with him forever. This rapture is God's removing of his people from the earth. 
A few verses later in 1 Thessalonians 5.9, Paul says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that verse is important to keep in mind. This is what's going to lead me to believe that this is about pre-tribulation. Rapture is coming before. But let's move on. We'll, we'll find out more. The book of Revelation, which deals primarily with the time period of the tribulation, is a prophetic message of how God will pour out his wrath upon the earth during that tribulation. And it seems inconsistent for God to really promise believers that they will not suffer wrath and then leave them on the earth to suffer through the wrath of the tribulation. Doesn't make any sense. The fact that God promises to deliver Christians from wrath shortly after promising to remove his people from the earth seems to link those two events together. Another crucial passage on the timing of the rapture is Revelations 3.10, in which Christ promises to deliver believers from the, quote, hour of trial. That is going to come on the earth. So there's going to be this hour of trial. This could mean two things. Either Christ will protect believers in the midst of the trials, or he will deliver believers out of the trials. Both are valid meanings of the Greek word translated from. However, it is important to recognize what believers are promised to be kept from. It is not just the trial, but the hour of trial. Christ promising to keep believers from the very time period that contains the trials, namely the tribulation. The purpose of the tribulation, the purpose of the rapture, the meaning of 1 Thessalonians 5.9, and the interpretation of Revelations 3.10 all give clear support to the pre-tribulation position. If the Bible is interpreted literally and consistently, the pre-tribulation position is the most biblically-based interpretation. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown says this, Them which are asleep, the oldest manuscripts read present tense, them which are sleeping, the same as the dead in Christ, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, to whose bodies, Daniel 12.2, not their souls, Ecclesiastes 12.7 and 2 Corinthians 5.8. Death is a calm and holy sleep from which the resurrection shall waken them up to glory. The word cemetery means a sleeping peace. Observe the glory and the chief hope of the church are to be realized at the death. But at the Lord's coming, one is not to anticipate the other, but all are to be glorified together at Christ's coming. Colossians 3, 4. Verse 14 that we read today says that if we believe, it is clear that the hope rests in our faith. If we believe. Luke 17, verse 34 through 37 is another great reference of what the rapture will be like. The mark of the beast is a whole nother matter, but it's all in this timeline. The mark of the beast occurs at the middle of the tribulation period. So since the tribulation is a seven-year period, the mark of the beast will be required at halfway mark, so that would be three and a half years into the tribulation. The tribulation, two very powerful individuals will gain incredible power. Both are empowered by Satan. The first one is a political leader. It says that in 2 Thessalonians 2, 
verses 1 through 4, and Revelations 13, verses 1 through 10, who is called the Antichrist. He is the leader of the future world government. The second beast is called the false prophet, Revelations 13, 11 through 18, and chapter 19, verses 20 through 21. He is a religious leader. This is the one who forces people to receive the mark 666 in order to buy or sell, Revelations 13, verses 16 through 17. There's a lot of scripture for you to research and read for yourself. We can't cover it all in this podcast. When the Antichrist does appear, his identity is going to be obvious. He will sit at the temple of Jerusalem, according to Matthew 24, 15, and declare himself to be God. Scripture refers to this as an abomination of desolation. Can you imagine that? He's going to declare himself to be God. (laughs) And we're all going to know who he is. Well, not us if we're caught up in the rapture. Now, the rapture comes first at the beginning of the tribulation, and the mark of the beast 666 occurs after the rapture at the middle of the tribulation. Christians will not be present during the tribulation period, but many who remain will be saved after they begin searching for God and believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. We can only assume that people, in order to learn and understand, will listen to past recorded sermons, uh, they'll read books, including the Bible, and they'll probably watch videos. It's the only thing you can really conclude because all the genuine Christians are going to be gone. They're not going to be here to teach them. So we know that many have, they're going to have their sins forgiven and they will believe in Jesus Christ and they'll believe in the Savior and they'll depend on him. And we also know that many are going to sacrifice this life because of their belief. Will we know when the rapture occurs? Of course, we are in it. But how far in advance will we know? That's the real question. Barnes and Bible Notes in 1 Thessalonians 5.4 says, But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Well, right there it tells us we're not going to be surprised. We're going to know. I think this is important. The illusion here is the manner in which a thief or a robber accomplishes his purpose. He comes in the night when people are asleep. So says the apostle, the Lord will come to the wicked. They are like those who are asleep when the thief comes upon them. But it is not so with Christians. They are in relation to the coming of the day of the Lord as people are who are awake when the robber comes. They could see his approach and could prepare for it so that it would not take them by surprise. That's what Barnes says, but let me add to that. I think this is important when they use this illustration, it means we're gonna see it coming. The events and the occurrences and the surroundings around us is gonna paint a colorful picture for us that'll be very obvious. Matthew Poole's commentary says this, lest these believing Thessalonians should be terrified in their minds by this discourse, He adds that this by way of comfort to them, that they shall not be surprised as others. Though they did not know the particular time of Christ's coming, yet it would not find them unprepared for it as the world would be. And the reason he gives is because they are not in darkness. Let me give you one more commentary, okay? Pulpit commentary says this, 
With you, it is not night, but day. The light of the gospel is shining around you, and therefore the day of the Lord's coming will not surprise you in unprepared state. I contend, folks, that you are going to see it coming, and you are going to draw closer to the Lord by instinct and the Holy Spirit getting you ready. You will be drawn in closer and closer as the time comes nearer and nearer. You're going to sense this. You're going to know it's coming. Not the specific time and maybe not even the specific hour, but you will know the season. You will see it coming closer and closer. We're already hearing stories, and I can share one, but we don't have time on the podcast, about people dreaming about the rapture, seeing it coming, and people who are accepting Christ through dreams, not even someone witnessing to them. See, Christ said that if if you don't spread that gospel, I'm going to. And if I had to call the rocks to shout out, he will. I like what T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready. That's the best thing we can do. God bless you today, and I emphasize again, get ready. Mm